Hello and welcome to the IndyCar Conference. My name is Brandon and I'll be your operator for today. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. Later, we will conduct a question and answer session. During the question and answer session, if you have a question, please press star 1 on your touchtone phone. Please note this conference is being recorded. And I will now turn it over to Arnie Shriven. Arnie, you may begin. Thank you, Brandon, and welcome everyone to today's IndyCar Media Conference call. On Friday, McLaren Racing and Aero Schmidt-Peterson Motorsports announced they have formed a partnership for the 2020 NTT IndyCar Series season. The new entrant, Aero McLaren Racing SP, will field two Chevrolet-powered IndyCars beginning next season. We're pleased to be joined by Zach Brown, the CEO of McLaren Racing, and Sam Schmidt, the co-owner of Aero Schmidt-Peterson Motorsports. Uh, gentlemen, welcome to the call. Thank you for having us. All right. Zach, uh, we'll start with you. Uh, it's been a few days uh, since the announcement was made, and uh, it's had some time to sink in. Uh, what kind of feedback and reaction have you seen since announcing that McLaren would join the NTT IndyCar Series on a full-time basis starting next season? We've had uh, overwhelmingly great uh, support, uh, first and foremost, from, from the fans. I think they're all quite excited to see uh, McLaren back in, in IndyCar in a uh, uh, full-time effort with uh, Sam and, and Rick, our partners, which we knew would be uh, very supportive going into this, uh, our race team, uh, IndyCar, and the industry itself. Uh, so the, uh, the response has been very, very positive. All right, Sam, I, I know uh, it's really exciting to talk about 2020, but there's still four races to go in the 2019 season. Does this announcement and partnership change anything for the team in 2019, and are you still chasing the same goals that you and Rick Peterson uh, set at the beginning of the season? Yeah, I think that's the first question. It's, it's no. Uh, we went to, uh, we're obviously not in a position to win the championship, so uh, our focus these last four races will be entirely on uh, – qualifying up front, trying to win the races. So uh, uh, we want to finish out on a high note and uh, and then begin the uh, the process of getting ready for 2020. All right. And then the next question is for either of you, uh, whoever wants to take it. Uh, what are the next steps in the process uh, for uh, Aero McLaren Racing SP? Sam, you want that? You want me to yeah, take it? Sure. Well, I mean, we can, we can both take it in sequence. Both but, take it, uh, yeah. I've, yeah, obviously, uh, you know, we've begun the discussions of, uh, a structure and it, I'm super excited that, uh, McLaren's, you know, placed Jill, uh, Jill DeFerrin in, uh, sort of the, uh, the, the head connect for us there because, uh, with his championships in IndyCar, his Indy 500 victory, uh, his long-term association with Roger Penske, you know, just so many, so many, uh, his, his ownership of his own team that was successful. I mean, uh, Really excited to work with him as a major conduit uh, in the McLaren situation, but then it's just kind of uh, sure um, uh, we want to make sure that we manage the opportunities. That's probably our biggest challenge: is the fact that we see a lot of opportunities, uh, both on the technical side of the business and on the commercial side of the business. And I think we need to manage those opportunities carefully to uh, to not be overwhelmed. So, just setting up the structure to do that and. Uh, and moving forward, very exciting for all of our partners. Yeah, and I think from uh, my point of view, uh, you know, this has been going on, uh, obviously, behind the scenes for some time, identifying areas in which we think McLaren can um, 
help support what we think is already a, a very good foundation at Sam's team. We've had uh, Taylor and and John uh, over to McLaren to uh, meet some of the people that will be uh, working alongside them and to start identifying and, and understanding what some of McLaren's capabilities are. We'll now, you'll see uh, Gilles and some other uh, McLaren people at the remaining uh, IndyCar races in, in Indianapolis. And so, you know, we've uh, started the education process from uh, SPM looking into McLaren, and now we'll have McLaren look into SPM and then over those next few months start to identify uh, areas in which we think we can um, uh, further support and amplify uh, what SPM has sitting, uh, you know, within their capabilities uh, as of today. All right. Thank you very much, guys. Uh, we'll open up for questions for uh, either of our guests, Brandon. Thank you, and we'll now begin the question and answer session. If you have a question, please press star 1 on your touchtone phone. If you'd like to be removed from the queue, please press the pound sign or the hash key. Once again, if you have a question at this time, please press star 1 on your telephone keypad. And from NBCSports.com, we have Bruce Martin. Please go ahead. Uh, this is for both Zach and Sam. Uh, congratulations to both of you. Um, I believe McLaren has a shop that they used last year in Indianapolis. Will everything be moving into that shop, or will it all be worked out of Sam's shop? Everything will go into Sam's shop. So we uh, post uh, Indy this year uh, in anticipation of having an ongoing effort, hence a lot of uh, purchase of equipment from, from cars to and why everything you need to run a, a, an IndyCar team, that stuff will all now uh, be housed in uh, Sam's shop. And I know that when uh, some of us talked to you on Friday, you said uh, drivers were, you were, had a list of drivers you were are considering. Has any of that changed over the weekend? Have, have you gotten closer to some, uh, some pitched in that you didn't know may be available? Where do, you, where do things stand on the driver front? Uh, the phone's definitely been very active since we've announced with all sorts of individuals, but I'll, I'll let Sam comment further on the uh, driver situation. Yeah, we look at it as it's a, you know, it's a stakeholder decision. It's a, it's a big decision. So uh, uh, between ourselves and Arrow and McLaren, I mean, there's some, there's a lot of great minds there with, with years of experience. So uh, uh, the, the first goal was to get past the announcement last week and then, uh, as Zach said, see, see how the phones light up and then make that list and then reconvene later this week and start making some of those decisions and, and offers and whatnot. So it's gonna kind of like stay tuned, but it'll be, it'll be a few weeks before we make any announcements. And for Sam, you've had a very long uh, relationship with Honda. How uh, difficult was it for you to come to the decision to leave Honda with a year left on the contract? I mean, extremely difficult, you know, because um, there is that loyalty, there is that uh, that length of time, and a lot of success. And at the end of the day, they're a they're a great uh, you know motorsports and and OEM operator. And um, you know when they when they aren't winning, they do everything possible to win. So we we wanted to stay in that camp. Um, uh, so when you when you draw the line down the center of the paper and you you put your pros and cons on each side, I mean that was definitely a big 
a big negative, uh, you know, to doing this deal. But on the other side of the page, there were so many positives that uh, it really was, you know, a no-brainer. And at the end of the day, it's uh, it's just unfortunate, but it was, you know, it's ultimately their decision. Okay, congratulations to both of you. Thanks, Bruce. And from Trackside Online, we have Steve Woodix. Please go ahead. Hi, congratulations, guys. Um, this one's for Zach. Zach, obviously McLaren's a racing company, but uh, they do a lot more, obviously, automotive side, uh, fly technology side. Is that an attractive part of coming to the U.S. and coming to IndyCar is being able to promote your other businesses along with the racing side of things? 100%. Uh, that was a big uh, contributor to this decision. Uh, on the automotive side, North America is one of the biggest markets uh, for our automotive business, uh, as is for applied technology. So this works uh, for McLaren Racing and our other entities, uh, which was a big, uh, big, big part of our decision here. And does Aero play into that as well? I know they're kind of involved in not a similar space, but to support you guys behind that too. Yeah, Aero is obviously our title partner of uh, our IndyCar team. They joined us this year in Formula One, and Aero, they have a, their automotive business has uh, taken off in the last five years, and they currently do business with our automotive group, our racing group, our IT infrastructure, and applied technologies. So while they're a sponsor partner on our race cars, they're a much more integrated technology partner across all of our businesses. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. From autoracing1.com, we have Mark Cipollone. Please go ahead. Uh, thank you. Uh, can you hear me? Yes, sir. Yep, yep. Gentlemen, uh, first of all, congratulations on your announcement. Um, I think it's great. I have two questions. One, uh, it was announced as a two-car team. Is that set in stone, or is there a possibility that might expand? And if it might, what might be the maximum size that you see this team? I'll let Sam take that. Yeah, I mean, our first and foremost priority is to... Uh, uh, you know, you saw this year we got to where it was, uh, Aerosmith Peterson with, uh, two identically, uh, branded, uh, entries. And that was sort of my ultimate goal for a long time as a meat car team owner. Uh, you'll see that transition, um, with the, with the McLaren Orange influence, uh, to where we have that same thing going next year. I wouldn't, uh, you know, I wouldn't rule out ever, uh, you know, running a third car. Uh, there certainly will be a third car in Indy, but, uh, um, but I think our priority first and foremost is to, uh, is to position the, the two cars, um, you know, with identical liveries and, uh, and every opportunity those two cars have to win, uh, you know, win races, win the 500, win a championship. So the third, the third full-time entry is not really on the radar now, but, uh, we would rule it out for sure. Okay. Thank you on that one. Um, the second question has to do with, um, I believe you currently have an alliance with uh, Meyer Shank Racing, um, and that they're, a, if I'm right, they're a Honda team. Um, I, so I assume that alliance is not going to continue. Um, maybe it is, and you can tell us. Um, and if not, then would you be looking to do an alliance with another team? Yeah, I mean, I've just had a fantastic uh, 
a long-term relationship with Michael Shank. I think he's a quality individual, and uh, uh, we've you know had that alliance the last two years. Had an option on the third year, but I mean most 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 likely scenario is uh, is that he'll uh, have to have to go a different way. Simply uh, you know simply because of the uh, the engine situation, and uh, he's got a much bigger um, situation going on. Uh, you know, in the, in the, in the IMSA ranks with Honda and that relationship. So, uh, yeah, you know, that most likely will not carry on, but, uh, um, I'm sure he'll, you know, have people burning up his phone to, uh, to align with him because he's a, just a really quality individual and Jim Meyer as well as, uh, has invested heavily in the program. So I think, uh, I think you'll, uh, you'll see that continue on probably full time, uh, for the next couple of years for sure. Okay, thank you. From motorsport.com, we have David Melcher. Please go ahead. Hi, guys. Uh, good to speak to you, Dan. Uh, I wanted to ask whether, uh, obviously, you have had a zillion other things going on in sorting this, this deal out, but do you, uh, have you looked into the 2022 rules? And is, I realize that the hybrid system is, is going to be spec, but is there some uh, technological knowledge uh, from McLaren's experience now, I think, what, six years with uh, hybrid technology in F1, is there some knowledge from there that can be applied within uh, IndyCar once those new rules come into effect in 2022? So uh, hybrid technology is definitely something that we're very familiar with. We've not yet uh, reviewed what the technical specifications are going to be. So I, I uh, would like to think there's uh, some hybrid knowledge that we have, but like you said, with it being spec, uh, it might mean we can't really use that uh, expertise we might have. So we'll, uh, we haven't looked into it yet, though, in detail. Will it help your marketing of what McLaren uh, does in, in the States? Because, uh, you know, otherwise... You know, with Delara chassis being uh, spec as well, it, you know, your, your car is being prepped by a McLaren, uh, you know, Arrow McLaren racing SP. But obviously, uh, you know, people will say, well, what what is McLaren bringing to the party uh, as far as this is concerned? Yeah, uh, you know, hybrid is certainly here and now in the, in the future. So I think IndyCar going hybrid is a good story for all uh, manufacturers. Um, mm-hmm. So that is important, but at the same time, we're also a, a racing team that races. So we think our uh, know-how um, will also contribute to maximizing, a, you know, what's effectively a spec series with two different engines. And then there's also different ways to, uh, benefit our automotive business with you know, dealer engagement and customer entertainment so it doesn't have to be a direct layover of a technology story to still benefit uh, our automotive dealers and our customers who are racing fans and want to further engage with a uh, McLaren brand. Gotcha. Thank you. And once again, if you do have a question, please dial star 1 on your telephone keypad. And from Sports Life Magazine, we have Chuck Null. Please go ahead. Hi. Congratulations, guys. Sam, having known you since 2006 when 
you were just doing this as a or doing the indie car big cars as a, a one off this has got to be just a, a banner uh announcement for for you i mean this is finally your dream co- coming true no Chuck. i mean yeah for sure it's it's uh you know most team owners in indycar would would relish a major opportunity in their in their career as an owner um and we had that you know uh, back in january with arrow uh aligning with the team and uh and branding both cars and all that stuff but to have two sort of monumental announcements in one year is uh is really a you know a dream come true and i think this uh alliance really gets us to that level where we can we can compete um week in and week out with uh with uh, the other three guys they talk about you know and uh um, that's you know that's where we when i came in in 2011 i mean that's where i said we needed to be or else you know why do it we're not just here to you know, to sit around in the middle or the back of the pack. Um, we want to be we want to be a regular force week in and week out, uh, qualifying the fast six and racing for race wins. So that's um, that's that's the goal every week. Yeah, well, I mean, I I think I mean I've I've known you for a lot of years and I've seen you really do a lot of smart things and I I, I got to admit, my friend, this is uh, brilliant uh, and I'm very excited to to hear that you're going to be bringing the uh, the McLaren Orange back to the grid and uh, of course um i guess we're all just assuming that uh, with this effort that it will be quite easy to field a third car for the 500 next year uh, if that's needed well that's in the plans you know for sure and uh, uh the indy 500 is, is so important on many levels whether it be uh, uh you know commercial or otherwise and uh, the global footprint but i mean as Zach said as many times and we're we're racers and that's uh that's the biggest race in the world and that's the one we want to win the most. But uh, uh if a third house, if a third car can help us have a better chance of winning it then then so be it. But that's the goal. So uh you know thanks and I mean, you know uh we want to be the force in Indy car that we were in Indy Lights and uh I think this this uh alliance really gives us the opportunity to do that uh on so many levels. So we're excited. Can't wait to get started. Oh, yeah. I know. It's great. And, and Zach, I, I hope we get to see you back at uh, Long Beach with your Trans car, car again uh, next year. Yeah, I'll definitely be in Long Beach. I don't know what the uh, historic schedule looks like, but if there is one, I'll, uh, if I've got one in my stable, I'll be there. Oh, I'd love to see that Audi back on track. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. All right, gentlemen. Thank you. Thanks. From RealOpenWheel.com, we have Jared DePaul. Please go ahead. Hi, congratulations, gentlemen. Um, my question's for Zach. I'm wondering if you have any sort of plans of leveraging your Formula One team to help attract drivers, whether it be through testing opportunities or otherwise. Yeah, we currently have a, a rookie driver. Uh, you know, there's an obligation of, of some rookie tests in Formula One, and certainly uh, if we feel that one of our IndyCar drivers has a uh, credible uh, chance in Formula One, then uh, for sure uh, we would look to put that driver in for uh, for some rookie, rookie testing. I think that's one of the uh, exciting things about a, a combined Formula One and IndyCar effort is 
it will create opportunities for, for drivers, for engineers, um, especially as we look into the uh, budget cap and Formula One world will start to change. Uh, there'll be different ways to deploy uh, our resources, but, but specifically on drivers, the answer is yes for the right one. Thank you. From 33 Dreams of Indy, we have Robert Earl. Please go ahead. Uh, gentlemen, congratulations. A lot of buzz uh, from uh, fans and uh, the industry, so congrats on that. Uh, Zach, uh, could you explain or touch a little bit more about your presence at the track for the remaining four races? I know that there was a McLaren presence at the St. Pete Grand Prix this year, uh, but will there be a little bit more hands-on to uh, touch upon that a little bit more? Yeah, you'll see Jill DeFerrin at uh, all the remaining races, uh, as well as a couple of uh, engineers and uh, data analysts uh, towards the very end of the year. You'll see uh, people from communications and, and marketing as we look to um, review uh, things from, from a branding and activation standpoint. So I, I think you'll probably see a half a dozen people from McLaren at uh, each race moving forward. Again, congrats. Thank you. And from autoracing1.com, we have a follow-up from Mark Stipoloni. Please go ahead. Sure, thank you. Uh, one question for each of you. Uh, first one, I guess, for Sam. Uh, James Hinchcliffe um, is a spokesperson for Honda um, in, a pretty, in a pretty big way. And now that you're severing your ties with Honda, do you see that as a possible impediment uh, of keeping him for keeping him as a driver? Um, no, I mean we really don't. I mean James has been a great asset to the team, you know, for the last uh, five years, and uh, and he's he's a brilliant ambassador for all of our partners. You know, um, it's one of those unfortunate things uh, when you do what's best for the team. But uh, you know, the, the relationship with Honda Canada and American Honda was. Uh, was direct between James and and, uh, and them, and so we don't even know, you know, we don't even know what those details were, what those obligations were. So uh, we don't know, we don't anticipate it having an effect on his final year, his contract, as far as we're concerned. But uh, uh, but yeah, we're we're excited to have him on our team. Okay, and I guess second question then for Zach. Um, I think you've mentioned that there would always be a room for Fernando Alonso if he decided he wanted to run full-time in IndyCar. Um, have you guys, between the two of you, have you, you know, is one seat for Sam to pick and one seat for you to pick, and and would you be holding that your your seat open for Fernando, and how long would you hold it open before you'd make a decision that you'd just move on? Yeah, um, there isn't a, a McLaren seat and a, and a Sam seat. If there was, I'd put myself in the car. Um, but since group, group discussion, Sam won't go for that. So we'll, we'll make driver decisions together. Uh, I'll be, uh, seeing Fernando, uh, at the Italian Grand Prix. Uh, he's well aware of, uh, everything that's going on with our IndyCar activities and has been for some time. I don't think his desire to, uh, win the Indy 500 has diminished at all. He has not shown uh, an interest yet, I should say, in a full season of IndyCar. You know, he's coming off of 20 years of lots of racing, and I think he wanted to take the second half of this year off 
to see what he wants to do in the future. I think he would be an outstanding talent in IndyCar. I personally think, uh, knowing him as well as I do, in his driving style, he'd be immensely successful and welcomed and would enjoy it. But Fernando's the type of individual that you put the opportunity in front of him and let him make his decision. So uh, I'll be picking that up with him in, in about a month's time. Um, but I would not anticipate in 2020 him having a desire to do a full full season. Okay, thank you. And once again, if you do have a question, please dial star 1 on your telephone keypad. And from Speed Sport, we have David Seelman. Please go ahead. Yeah, guys, first off, congratulations. I've got two questions for Zach. Uh, first, and I came in a touch late, so I apologize if somebody already touched on this, but uh, knowing that this year's month of May didn't exactly go how you guys envisioned it by any stretch, uh, you know, how much or was that a motivating factor behind trying to find a partnership like this and, and going in at full bore for 2020? Uh, well, we certainly made a lot of mistakes in Indianapolis uh, this year. And as I tell everyone on the racing team, mistakes are okay as long as you learn from them and you don't make the same one twice. Uh, we always had a desire to compete on a full-time basis. And uh, the way we did it in 19 was kind of the start of ramping up. However, it's very, uh, you know, very obvious that um, that's not the right way to do it. So what we're able to put in place with Sam will um, give us that full-time presence, will give us that platform to uh, ensure that we're uh, competitive and don't repeat the mistakes we made, which really was showing up with a, a part-time effort and a, and a part-time crew that worked extremely hard. But uh, Indianapolis is a, is a tough place to uh show up for anybody on a on a part-time basis and uh so so what we structured here with with sam we think ticks a lot of the boxes of the technical aspects and the commercial aspects uh that enabled us to go ahead and commit i think the view of uh, my board was let's either be all in or all out and all the reasons we have wanted to do indycar the last couple years uh, have remained, uh, regardless of our defeat at, uh, at Indianapolis. We're, we're racers and so you're gonna hit the wall every once in a while and, uh, you gotta dust yourself off and go back, uh, go back at it. And, you know, when you look back on obviously IndyCar's history, McLaren has had such a rich history in the series and in the sport in the past. I mean, how, how exciting is that, not just for you, but for the entire company going into 2020 to have a chance at, uh, you know, adding new chapters to the legacy of McLaren and IndyCar? Super exciting. I think, um, you know, when I started at McLaren, obviously things have been very tough for us, so we needed to uh, make sure we got our Formula One team back on, on track. We still have a long way to go, but we're pointed the right direction now, and, you know, we have a long history, whether it was Can-Am, uh, whether it was IndyCar in the past, whether it was sports car racing. I think uh, McLaren Racing, its DNA 
is is racing and racing in multiple series where it makes sense. So we're quite excited uh, to go back to uh, IndyCar, especially given our our history there and the importance of the market. And Sam, uh, for you real quick, just to follow up on something that was said earlier, I heard somebody refer to it kind of as, as you know, this point in your team being a dream come true for you. When you started the operation years ago, I mean, did you eventually envision it getting to this point, or is this kind of a step beyond what you could have ever pictured? Yes, I mean, it's uh, it's the ultimate, and now we have to perform. It's, uh, you know, be careful what you wish for situation, because uh, because now uh, Arrow is a partner, uh, Rick and I, uh, together, um uh, you know, really, again, this is all about winning and, uh, winning the Indy 500 and, and being a, a, a realistic competitor for the championship. And, uh, we, we couldn't do it without these resources, without these technical capabilities. And then on a personal level, I mean, I've been a, I've been a fan all my life of, uh, Formula One and IndyCar. Um, my dad was a, a, a team owner at Indy, uh, in 78-79 using a five-year-old McLaren chassis and, a lot of little things that I don't even think Donald Davidson would know, you know, but, uh, uh, it goes into the background here. And so, uh, uh, first and foremost, uh, be, be clear that we're, we've done this, uh, to, to win races and trying to be the championship. But, uh, you know, on a personal level, um, uh, this is, this is what I want to be doing full time. And, uh, and this, these, these partnerships of both Arrow and, I mean, there's there's 32 other ones behind them, you know, Cypress and Lucas Oil of 15 years and, and uh, you know, on and on and on. So for all of us combined, uh, the added uh, global exposure and uh, opportunities, it's, uh, it's, it's a fantastic uh, way to go. Arrow obviously raised the bar two years ago in Club 5, and uh, and we intend to keep doing that on every on every aspect of the business. So... Uh, just can't wait to get, can't wait to get started. All right, gentlemen, congratulations again. Thank you. From NBCSports.com, we have Bruce Martin. Please go ahead. Uh, Zach, I have a follow-up. Um, when I talked to you on Friday, you said that the foundation of the team will be uh, Sam's in Indianapolis, but you will have some McLaren people from London involved, or from England, I'm sorry, uh, from the McLaren shop, what are some of the things that you plan on doing over there? How many of the current McLaren uh, individuals that you employ will now maybe be shifted over to Indianapolis? How uh, will some of the logistics of that work? Um, Most of that is still very much a a work in progress. Uh, You know, what what we have uh, resource-wise, both in uh, technical uh, equipment, as you can imagine, in Formula One is uh, quite sophisticated and vast. Uh, and then we have a lot of uh, know-how in in our in our people. Uh, with the race car being spec, it's not like we can go in and help design a better front wing because that's not allowed. So um, those are areas that uh, Taylor was over uh, last couple of weeks to, to look and see uh, areas in which he thinks 
he could tap into uh, our resources, both both in, in people, know-how, and equipment. Um, and we're now, as I mentioned earlier, going over to uh, SPM to do a deeper dive. And I think we've identified a variety of areas that I'd rather uh, not disclose for competitive reasons, but um, sufficient to say we, we've definitely found some areas that uh, we think we can help. And, and are probably areas that the if you want to call them the big teams, the, the Penske Racings are, are doing, and I think that's, as Sam mentioned, in order for the team to be championship caliber, uh, has a great foundation of, of people and resources, but not the same level uh, as the Penske Racings uh, of the world, and I think that's going to be uh, an area in which we can help uh, grow their resources. And as Sam turned in his wish list of uh, new equipment and new machinery that he would like to see, uh, maybe McLaren add to his shop in Indianapolis. Yeah, I told him Christmas isn't until December, but he's got his list ready. Uh, um, yes, we, we, you know, all, all of our equipment that we had, a couple cars, enough to effectively be a one-car IndyCar team, and that was all about brand new equipment, so that will now uh, migrate over to uh, Sam's shop, and then uh, we'll we'll continue to work together to identify uh, resources that we have that we think will benefit the uh, the uh, IndyCar team. Thank you. And our last question from the Associated Press, we have Jenna Fryer. Please go ahead. Hey, Zach, you said that uh, Jill will be at the last four IndyCar races. Um, is his role going to change, or will he split between Formula One and IndyCar? Like, what is his primary responsibility going to be? His primary responsibility is, is IndyCar. Uh, that was always uh, part of the plan when I brought him in last year, was to help me transition the Formula One team into new leadership. Uh, so we, you know, we brought in James Key and Pat Fry and Andreas Seidel now as team principal. And so now, uh, his role, uh, as sporting director of McLaren will be, uh, definitely his primary focus will be, uh, IndyCar, but also because he has a very good knowledge of our Formula One team, He'll, he'll see where there are areas in which the two racing programs can uh, benefit from each other. But uh, his, his primary focus will definitely be IndyCar. Thank you. And seeing as that was our final question, uh, we will thank our guests for their time this afternoon and wrap up today's IndyCar media conference call. Uh, a transcript and MP3 audio of today's call will be available on IndyCar's media website at media.indycar.com. If you're not a registered user of the media website, you may have to register for access. Thank you, everybody, for joining us today. Thank you. And, ladies and gentlemen, this concludes today's conference. Thank you for joining. You may now disconnect.